This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's time for your weekly trip around the bases with your hometown team. It's Inside Twins, where we dive into the minds of the guys in charge for insight, information, and analysis. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Baseball will be played. All right. Here today at Target Field today, a traditional doubleheader coming up in about an hour from now. Twins and the Royals will play two today to wrap up. This three-game weekend series. We'll be chatting about that and more, and we will get to that momentarily. You can reach us in two ways, by email, InsideTwins at TwinsBaseball.com, or on Twitter, hashtag InsideTwins. And our guest on our Sunday afternoon program is Twins Assistant GM and Team Vice President. We say good afternoon to Rob Anthony. How are you? I'm doing well, Corey. How are you? I'm doing fine, but uh, I said that at the top, that baseball coming up. But, boy, the, the weather this week, the weather this season. Uh, unbelievable man what a challenge it's been and and, you know today's not exactly beautiful out there but hopefully we get both these games in and then we go to baltimore where the forecast is a little sketchy as well how much could this be an issue later on in the season when you begin to 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 postpone games and you play doubleheaders and all of a sudden you get to june july august into september and you're playing like 50 games in 50 days yeah it can be very challenging and that's one of the reasons why we decided to go with the, the doubleheader today rather than put it off until September because we're already falling behind and, and those doubleheaders and those games start stacking up on you and it can be very challenging for the club. Take me through the dialogue yesterday about uh, the decision to eventually postpone the game and play the natural doubleheader today as opposed to a split. How'd that come about? Well, number one, the the forecast was horrible. We you know we looked at it and and it didn't make any sense for our fans or the players to sit around all day and hope that you have a window late in the day to try and get the game in. So we we met with the players and and it was uh, it was very good, good back and forth and dialogue and and we just came to the conclusion since the players have to be involved because with uh, as many doubleheaders as we've had in scheduling splits after three, you need to get approval from the players and the players association and. And they preferred to play just a straight doubleheader with it being a travel day for us and, and for Kansas City. And uh, so we looked at it and said, okay, we could do it in September or, or tomorrow. And, and we agreed that uh, today was the best day to go ahead and play the doubleheader. I learned something new yesterday about the CBA. And you can read it time and time again. You'll always find something new in there that there is a clause in there. Maybe there has been for a long time about how many split doubleheaders a team, a given team, can play in a calendar season, and that number is three. Now, the Twins were already at four, even before the uh, postponement yesterday, but that that could be an issue, right, between team and the union. Yeah, and at that point, after three, it becomes a negotiation with the players, and, and, uh, you know, we had conversation, and ideally we would have loved to have played a split doubleheader and and had two gates, but 
Um, we weren't able to agree on that, and, and they had, you know, good points and good rationale, and and so uh, we came to the conclusion that let's go ahead and play a, a traditional doubleheader today and uh, and move on from there and, and try not to fall another game behind everybody else. I'm sure much, much of that negotiation you want to keep quiet, but did it come out at all that, hey, look at the team the Twins are playing, coming off the dramatic win on Friday, now's the time you want to play them. Yeah, the Royals are coming back in September, but who knows what the team will look like from a player standpoint, records, all that. This is the time you want to play them, right? Yeah, I think early in the season, everybody wants to play games. And we've been rained out and missed so many games that uh, to have a day, okay, we just play one today. And, and, and then knowing down the road we have another extra game to make up, I think was something that both the players and the club didn't want to want to deal with. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We'll dive more into the roster makeup right now. The Twins adding a 26th man. What about Monday? Not just the forecast, but who will start that first game in Baltimore? We'll dive into that with Rob and more next when we roll out with Inside Twins and your home for Twins baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. We're faithful today. we got baseball. Doubleheader. Traditional doubleheader. First time that's ever happened here at Target Field. And the first traditional doubleheader in the Twin Cities since 2001 against the Oakland A's at the Dome when the Twins were celebrating the Twins slash Senators' 100th anniversary in the American League. So, traditional doubleheader coming up today. Are you a fan? Uh, you know what? It's old school. Yeah. Let's go ahead and play. Half hour in between. As, as a fan goes, you two for the price of one. I loved it when I was a kid and you had that opportunity. I'd pick those days out that I'd like to go to the park. Can you recall when that when that era ended, when teams stopped scheduling traditional doubleheaders as a part of their 162-game season? I would say when clubs started to have sellouts and have situations where you don't want to give up a gate, and they looked at it and said, it, instead of being a draw, we're not going to draw more people uh, for two than we would in two individual games. And and also teams like the Cubs where you're selling out, they can't they couldn't schedule a doubleheader when every game's sold out, they're basically just giving away a gate. So I think the finances dictate that a lot of times. I think the A's in recent seasons and maybe even Tampa Bay, they have gone the old route and, and scheduled traditional doubleheaders. Have the twins ever been interested in recent years about doing that again? No, and and I, I think it's because even in our you know, when we've been struggling the past few years, our fan base has been so good. Uh, that you know we're we're drawing fifteen twenty thousand fans on a, a bad day. I think this year was the first year that uh, we had game uh, attendance under seventeen or eighteen thousand, and so when that's happening, and you look at it and you say let's play a doubleheader, it's very doubtful that you're going to sell it out, and really that's the only way that you're going to make up for a lost gate. Per the rules of doubleheaders in this era, when you do play a doubleheader within twenty four hours or forty eight hours, actually. You can, teams can use the 26th man for just the second game only. And the Twins are going that route again. We had it the other day, never saw Drew Rosinski pitch in the second game against Colorado, but that 26th man will start the second game today. And Adalberto Mejia saw him early this season, Rob. He was shaky, battle command, but better numbers at AAA. Yeah, he's throwing the ball well down there. And we talked to the people in, in Rochester, and he was their recommendation for the guy that would be Best suited to come up and be our 26th man today and, and give us a, a, a good start. He walked just, what, three guys, I think, in his four starts down at AAA, and that was really holding him back here. Was it simply command that was an issue during his three starts up here? Uh, I think it was a combination. You know, he had a lot of deep counts where he would 
they were falling balls off. He couldn't put guys away and then would end up walking some of those guys. And, and I think two things for him. He needs to be aggressive in the zone, and he needs to follow the catcher's lead. I think we saw him shaking off a lot of pitches, a lot of calls by the catcher uh, when our other starters weren't. You know, these guys do a lot of work uh, before the series ever starts, before game starts on how we want to attack all the hitters. I think he needs to go out and concentrate on executing pitches and let the catcher call the game and kind of run it for him. That's surprising. I know the pitcher has the final say as to what he's going to throw, but you've got a veteran in Castro, a veteran in Jimenez, who will likely catch Mejia in the second game today, Castro in the lineup catching Phil Hughes, that he would shake off those guys. Yeah, and I think it was as much a matter of his comfort level and what he wanted to throw at that time, and he figured and believed that, you know what, in this count, in this situation, I'm more comfortable that I'm going to throw a fastball for a strike here, then maybe the changeup is the right call to try and strike this guy out or, or whatever, attack this guy. But I want to go with my fastball because I have the most confidence that I'm going to throw it for a strike or I can locate it. I don't feel good with my changeup today. Probably a lot of things entering his mind that you'd like him to kind of clear a little bit. So Phil Hughes game one, Mejia game two. Then after the ball game today, the Twins will head east and the Orioles a three-game Series and a three-game road trip begins uh, tomorrow night, weather permitting. Uh, the Twins have not yet named a starter. Who are some of the candidates, Rob? Well, we thought about it, and we have some ideas. Uh, but right now we just want to get through the doubleheader, and we want to see what the weather's like also in Baltimore. Um, weather can dictate, as we found out all this month, you know, some, some moves, and there's a chance we don't even have to make a move for a starter if, if we have weather issues tomorrow. So uh, we have some ideas, and we've, we've communicated that with some people, but uh, we're going to hold off announcing that until until we know what the situation is tomorrow. Let me just throw one name at you. Since Kyle Gibson's been down at AAA, have you seen progress? We have, and he's certainly a candidate for that. Um, he's He's been more aggressive with first pitch strikes down there, which is something that he did in spring training and didn't do once the season started. So that was one of the things that he went down there to work on, and he's been much more ag- aggressive in the zone early in the count and, and getting ahead. So... Uh, that's been encouraging. Uh, we'll see how that plays out over the next day, and we'll see if the Twins uh, and the Orioles do end up playing uh, tomorrow night at Camden Yards. It'll be Hughes game one. Jake Junis will make his first big league start, a right-hander going for Kansas City. Then in the uh, second game, Mejia for the Twins and Ian Kennedy off the disabled list will oppose for the Royals. We'll take a timeout, come back. More of Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Provis back alongside Rob Antony. We were chatting during the uh, commercial break about you know the game the other night on Friday and the way that Paul was usual, utilizing his bench and the moves he was making in the seventh inning, eighth inning, and then set the stage for Kenny Vargas perfectly there in the ninth inning. But overall this season, as you kind of look at Paul and, and with Derek and also Thad, the way that he's utilizing his lineup and his bench, pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's done a really nice job getting Escobar in. And when Santana was here, he would make sure he would get him in enough so that he had an opportunity and a chance when he did play to do something. It wasn't like he sat around for 10 days without seeing the light of day. And I think he's done a good job with our catchers, mixing and matching with pitchers and, and getting those guys in. So, Jimenez doesn't get stale and isn't out too long. So, yeah, I think he's done a really nice job with the bench. What was the reaction uh, in your booth the other night, Friday, after Kenny tied the game with with Derek and Thad and others? Well, we were probably about as excited as they were down on the field. You know, it was one of those games where 
we had opportunities and and we had earlier in the series as well and you know when when uh in i should say in the colorado series and then when uh Kenneth come came in and and uh hit that ball i don't think he can hit it much harder or farther than he did it was uh it was exciting and it was fun to watch paul uh, maneuver around and and get creative with guys and what we could do and, and trying to win the game so uh, it was a lot of fun. Hey, you mentioned the Twins have uh, missed on some chances on this homestand. Five for 40 with men in scoring position, yet two and two. I mean, th- that number stands out huge, yet you'll take two wins if you're five for 40 with men in scoring position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even when uh, Santiago pitched, he didn't have his good stuff. He battled through it. He was deep. He didn't get deep into the game. But yet he got out of there, and, and it was uh, we were still in the game. You know, and then the bullpen came in and did a great job, and and gave us that opportunity to come back. It took us till the ninth inning, but uh, Vargas came up big. We tie it, and then in the in the uh, next half inning, the Royals have a chance, and, and Kinsler wiggles out of it, gets the line drive, doubles them up, and we come out there and reminiscent of the first series against Kansas City. We got caught some breaks, took some good at-bats, drew some walks, and then Polanco came through with the sack fly. Twins are now 6-0 and against the Royals and dating back the last season. They've won seven straight against Kansas City, tying the all-time record in Twins history for most consecutive wins against Kansas City. Speaking of the word command, the guy who did have it was on Thursday night, Jose Abreu's. He's at command, Rob, both of his starts. Cleveland now here, and he struck out 11 on Thursday night. Yeah, he looks like he's pitching with uh, supreme confidence. He's throwing it over. He's using his pitches. He's using his fastball, getting ahead, using the breaking ball and the fastball in, in strikeout counts, and he's He's going after hitters. I mean, in, in against Cleveland, he didn't have as many strikeouts, but he was still aggressive in the zone and, and got a lot of weak contact and a lot of outs, um, trusting his defense. And then the other day against Colorado, another very good hitting club, um, the 11 punch outs, and uh, he, we couldn't be, couldn't be more pleased with the way he's gone about his business the first two starts. And I was curious after that start against Colorado what the Rockies players were saying about what they saw. And when Ian Desmond mentions the name and the late Jose Fernandez, that, that catches your attention. Yeah, it does. And you know what? You just want him to be consistent, relax, go back out there his next start, forget about the first two, but uh, know what you've done now to show that you can be successful and, and utilize the confidence and continue to go after hitters the way you have been and he used that that breaking ball for for a strikeout pitch and i asked him the next day is it a curveball is is it a slider he said i don't know he said castro <laughs> puts down two and i just throw it whatever it is i i just throw it but that has that always been a, a strikeout pitch that breaking ball yeah it has and you know what he had a really good changeup earlier in his career that he doesn't use very often but um, i i believe at some point in his career he's going to bring that back out as well um, but the thing with the breaking ball is is he got some chases with it. And other times when they were going to lay off the breaking ball, he threw it over for strikes and strike three. So uh, to be able to command it and throw it for strikes sometimes and, and out of the zone other times is pretty impressive. For many years now, the Twins have been at the bottom in the American League, if not uh, the bottom in all of baseball, strikeouts from a pitching staff. So Barrios providing that. And now of late, Ryan Presley, Rob, is providing that. And that power, that velocity, that stuff, there aren't many of those guys in that bullpen right now. No, absolutely not. And, and Ryan, I think, is also a guy who his stuff has been good all year. But he was giving up some hits. He gave up a few home runs. And I think he was starting to question and and have some uncertainty. And his confidence was shaking a little bit his last few outings. When he's come out and his stuff has played and he's had results, you can just see the confidence building in him as well. 
and Brandon Kinsler too. I mean, he's not a strikeout pitcher, but he is a guy that will find the bat more times than not, whether it's the ground ball, sinker, double play, end of the game the other night, or catching that line drive at an opportune time. Yeah, and I think the most impressive thing with him is, is he never looks rattled. I mean, he can have two on, nobody out, and it's a one-run game. He's out there. He's thinking about things, what he wants to do, what he wants to, how he needs to execute his pitches. He doesn't get rattled out there, and that's one of the things that is, is really key for him. One more time out. We'll come back and wrap up Inside Twins next, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Twins and the Royals coming up on your home for Twins baseball. Wrapping up Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Chris standing by with the pregame show and then game one of our doubleheader at 110, Phil Hughes and Jake Junis in the second game at Alberto Mejia and Ian Kennedy. Let's uh, dip down quickly down to the minor leagues. Steven Gonsalves back at double-A. He made his first start with double-A the other night. He did. He pitched well. We were pleased with, you know, he went four innings, gave up a couple hits, a couple runs. I think he walked one and struck out three and and threw about 49 pitches over four innings. But uh, the main thing is he came out of it feeling very good health-wise, and and so uh, hopefully we can get him stretched out uh, each start and, and get going now. This is a big if, and I'm putting you on the spot, but with what you've seen and, and the year that he had last year, if it comes down to it, could he make a jump from double-A up to here? Does he have the stuff now that he wouldn't need any any outings, any seasoning in AAA? Uh, yeah, I think that's possible. I think he's the type of guy that um, has the stuff, has the makeup, and he has shown the command and control to do that. Uh, ideally, you'd love to have him get a little time at AAA, but... I think if he was the right guy and he was a better alternative than anybody we had at AAA, uh, we might we might roll the dice and, and say, you know what, let's give this guy a shot and bring him up here. Sticking with the pitching, also Lewis Thorpe. Uh, it's been a long time since he's been back on the mound of the game, but he's now healthy? He is, and it's great for him. He's been he's worked really hard to get back healthy, and uh, he's, he's had, had some challenges the last couple of years. But, yeah, he got in there for Fort Myers, I believe, two nights ago, and he threw the ball well. Are you guys starting to turn the corner? There were some big injuries to begin the season with Gonsalves and, and, and Byung-Ho Park and others and, and Jake Reed. Are guys in Shagwa, are guys starting to get healthy now? Are things turning for the better with some of the more important prospects down there? Yeah, absolutely. Tyler J, Shagwa, Reed, they're all very close to uh, rejoining full-season clubs and getting back into a regular routine. Uh, which is encouraging for us as, as well as the Thorpe and Gonsalves getting healthy. All right, last uh, 15 seconds before we let you go. The draft, less than a month away, is that where you guys are focused on right now? Well, we're always focused on the big league club, but, yeah, we've had uh, pre-draft meetings uh, we, this past week, and we have a lot of guys out there, and, and obviously with the first pick, uh, we've had a lot, a lot of big decisions to make. Always appreciate the time. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Corey. Uh, we thank Rob Anthony. We have a lot of baseball coming up. The pregame show is next. And then Twins and the Royals, Hughes and Junis. Stay tuned. The pregame show is next, and you're home for Twins Baseball.